You're listening to Mimble Mumble the Harry Potter podcast. I'm Aishwarya. I'm Prashantini. And this is season 2, episode 9. Ron's sister is taken. Let's start with the summary. Amidst all the panic after Dumbledore's suspension, Hogwarts's interim headmaster, Professor McGonagall, announces that exams will take place as scheduled. She also announces later that the mandrakes are almost ready and all the petrified beings plus one ghost would be revived soon. Everybody rejoices and for the first time in months the school is not thinking about the chamber of secrets and the air of Slytherin. Ron and Harry visit petrified Hermione and find a piece of paper clutched in her hand. From it they learn that the monster in the chamber of secrets is a basilisk and that it is getting around the school using the plumbing system. They come to the conclusion that the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets is probably in Morning Myrtle's bathroom and rush to tell Professor McGonagall but they overhear her when she tells the other teachers that Ron's sister Ginny has been taken into the Chamber of Secrets the whole school is devastated Ron and Harry decide to help Lockhart who had been confronted by angry teachers and asked to save Ginny When they find that he is about to run away, they decide to go to the chamber themselves while using Lockhart as a human shield. On the way, Lockhart tries to attack them with Ron's wand, but the curse backfires, leading Harry to enter the Chamber of Secrets alone. There he finds Ginny and Tom Riddle. After a lot of shocking revelations and a battle of little boy versus giant snake with a murderous stare, Harry saves Ginny and brings her back to Ron. Whenever I think of the Chamber of Secrets the events of these two chapters are what really come to my mind together the chapters are 30 pages long it's not even like 20% of the book but so many things come to light in these particular chapters that they take up all of my Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets mind space <laughs> part of the reason is also because in the movie i this part the final battle between harry and the basilisk and the revelation everything takes up a long time they stretch the battle obviously to make it more action packed i think my view of the book has been skewed by what i've seen in the movies that's true but we're getting ahead of ourselves let's start at the beginning of chapter 16 the chamber of secrets where our friends harry ron and everybody else who goes to school with him agreed with the shocking revelation but this time it has nothing to do with the air of slytherin <laughs> Instead McGonagall announces that exams are still happening next week. Yeah. It's not as much as a shocking revelation but more like, you know, a hope destroyed. <laughs> Because of all the events that have been happening in this book, everybody's mind is not in what they are studying at all. I mean, they're not even studying to arm themselves right now against whatever's in the chamber. They don't even have an idea of what it could be to even know how to arm themselves. so all of their mind space is given to figuring out who the heir of slytherin is or who will be attacked next it's an environment of fear and definitely exams would have been the last thing in their minds or maybe even some children would have been hopeful that it would be cancelled but as mcgonagall says the whole point of keeping the school open at this time is for you to receive your education why would they even put students's life at risk if their only job is to you know speculate on the air of slytherin the real shocker to me is not that they actually have exams but that she gives them a heads up of a week unlike you and me who studied in a school system where we had quarterly exams and half yearly exams and annual exams thus making sure that we read the same thing multiple times these kids have only one exam per year which means they have to in a week study everything they have learnt over a year yeah that is actually very hard if you think about it it is pretty clear that they wouldn't have concentrated on the lessons at all and without harmony around i don't know if harry and ron would would even have the knowledge or the notes to know what to study about let alone actually do the exams well that's true i think one of the other reasons is such a shocker to everybody is that Hermione isn't around to remind them that exams are very close. Yeah. Right? In the first book if I remember correctly, Hermione begins preparing months in advance with color-coded timetables for revision. She even makes timetables for Harry and Ron if I remember correctly. No wonder <laughs> it comes as a surprise. And this revelation about the exam is met with a great deal of mutinous muttering. <laughs> I thought mutinous muttering is like a really cool name for, you know, 
a school newspaper yeah a group of rebellious people but not as rebellious to make a change but more like just gossiping and complaining it also sounds like really great tagline for twitter you should probably adopt it <laughs> mutinous muttering but one of the main problems that ron weasley has with the exams is that he cannot possibly do the practical exams with his broken wand it's been like giving off random rotten egg smells and it has been backfiring curses at him all year there is no way he can pass his practical exams if he's going to use this wand to do it which makes me wonder if mr and mrs weasley even know about you know how he broke his wand i know that when he did it he did not tell his parents because of the whole car situation but he's been struggling with it for one whole year either he would have told or maybe percy could have told or even the teachers could have you know given them a note saying your son is really struggling why him a new wand yeah because he's not just endangering himself with the wand but basically everybody around him is at risk too if i remember correctly in the dueling club ron is paired up with seamus who ends up sick because of ron yeah the least i think the teachers could have done is written a note i mean if they have the money in their budget to buy harry a broom for an extracurricular activity i think they could have bought ron a wand it's okay i don't even want them to spend their own money to do it just like inform the parents i'm sure that no matter how angry ron's parents were if they had known they would have at least put some effort to you know send their own wands or something but once the exam announcement is over and everybody is panicking for a different thing now mcgonagall also brings them a good news and everybody guesses random things when she says that uh, i love the priorities that come up when people are making their guesses a lot of people guess that dumbledore is coming back and some people guess that exams are being cancelled which are both great things but then wood thinks quidditch is back on <laughs> wood is exactly the kind of guy who would be like why would you cancel quidditch because you know something is going around the castle killing it after all quidditch happens on the pitch outside the <laughs> castle <laughs> yeah he really needs to get a life you know that his whole life is about quidditch he tells harry that it's okay to die trying to win a match against the slytherins which is absurd but now he is at a position where people who he is studying with is getting affected or getting attacked by an unknown thing how can quidditch still be on your mind it's beyond me i've no idea but one question that i have now that we know that the mandrakes are mature and ready to like revive the petrified people is how will they feed the mandrake portion to petrified people do they like what pour it on them i don't know pry open their mouth feed uh, them yes or maybe it's like some kind of like skin thing like topical application is this like put it on like face cream yeah or maybe then like show the vapor to them i mean obviously with the ghost <laughs> they might have to get really creative <laughs> yeah i wonder do you think they just like boil the potion and like fan nearly headless sneak over it i don't know circle it around them three times <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know yeah it's okay i get it some things are unexplained and they also sound very absurd but i'm okay with it i don't sound okay but i'm actually okay with it <laughs> well i'm not pottermore come up with an explanation <laughs> but then any explanation that they can give now is you know something they thought about right now like yeah oh, a stop gap is, situation yeah the next day jenny comes over to talk to ron while harry is also there and harry is so tactless it's clear that she wants to talk to ron alone about something because she looks really scared as if she doesn't want to tell it but she has to tell it and harry even makes an observation that she looks very similar to dobby because when he reveals information that he is bound to not tell other people he looks really guilty and shifty i would have expected harry to you know give them the privacy obviously if jenny wants to talk to ron nowadays there is no way that she can catch him alone because they are always together when she is making her intentions clear i would at least expect harry to you know shut up and not say anything but he is like what is it is it up with the chamber of secrets <laughs> yeah really really tactless but both of them are eclipsed by percy who comes in and scares jenny away and assumes that the thing that jenny wanted to talk about private with ron has absolutely nothing to do with her you know personal life or her like school life and has everything to do with him how self-centered of percy really 
but i think in this situation it's more like it is done to throw the readers off mm-hmm. though at this point i don't know who's believing yes <laughs> believing that he's also very shifty and he's like i was doing something and she saw it and she told me that she'll keep her word and not tell anybody about it and all that don immediately makes fun of it it makes it look like percy did something really serious but he's trying to you know brush it away because clearly when you look at ginny whatever she wanted to say was way more serious so i really think this was more of a misdirection no i don't remember even when reading the book for the first time if i ever thought percy was somehow involved yeah i didn't think so i think the author tried to set this up right from the beginning of the book over the summer holidays percy is very private and he doesn't you know gloat even when he got like 12 owls he was also caught by ron and harry near the slytherin common room so i think if it had been anyone else other than percy with all these character traits we might have gotten convinced that this is a person that we should put a tab on them but since it was percy i never took it seriously <laughs> thanks to percy ron and harry don't end up finding out what ginny wanted to say to them okay say to ron <laughs> so badly and they end up going about their day as they usually would except they are now armed with the information that hagrid is not the heir of slytherin and uh, morning mortal could be the person who was murdered by the monster from the chamber of secrets but they are not able to follow these leads and do anything about it because now the security in the school has increased a lot they are not even allowed to move from one class to the next without a teacher shepherding them yeah but they have a giant stroke of luck when lockhart is the one who ends up having to escort them to a class and harry is so devious the way he lies to lockhart is amazing yeah he plays to his ego just to make sure that he gets what he wants he just understands lockhart's vanity it's clear that lockhart needs a lot of time to groom himself to look as good as he used to look before and he's not getting the time simply because he has to you know teach but also do the security duties before and after that so harry acts like he's giving lockhart the necessary time and lockhart eats it up and he leaves them alone which is actually very stupid and dangerous but nothing happens then so that's a good thing harry and ron immediately rush to the girl's bathroom to meet morning mortal and find out all about how she died but they are intercepted by an angry mcgonagall again harry deviously lies to her yeah mcgonagall's reaction really touched me i know that she is now like the de facto headmaster and she has to take all these like really hard decisions about students do and stuff like that but she's also someone who's like deeply concerned about the students that the minute that harry says oh you know we just wanted to really see hermione even though hermione was going to be unpetrified at the end of the day mcgonagall like chokes up and she reveals something she says of course i realize this has all been hardest on the friends of those who have been I quite understand. Yes, Potter, of course you may visit Miss Granger. The person who got petrified is frozen. They don't really understand what's going on. But to people around them, the parents, the friends, they don't know if they're going to come back. They don't know if they're all right. So, obviously that would affect everything, affect their day-to-day lives. When it comes to Hermione, I can see that Ron is a lot more affected than Harry is. I think Harry is the kind of person who doesn't worry about something if it's not under his control. But Ron clearly misses Hermione. He is the one who's like constantly looking at her plays and worrying about uh, worrying about what she would do. Even when McGonagall uh, reveals that the exams are going to happen, Ron thinks that mind you, she'll go crazy when she finds out we've got exams in 3 days time. She hasn't studied. It might be kinder to leave her where she is till they're over. So McGonagall grants them permission to go visit Hermione in the hospital wing except it is kind of pointless because as Harry and Ron note talking to Hermione is about as helpful as talking to her bedside table and clearly Ron is the only person who's looking at Hermione and you know trying to talk to her like how you would with a person in a coma and Harry for want of something to do is actually looking around I think because that's how he finds out that there's a paper taken harmonious fist and the paper turns out to contain like the answer to life universe and this book <laughs> yeah 
it's a very convenient thing to happen like just when hermione finds everything out she's petrified yeah i find it really hard to believe that harry is the first person to find that piece of paper in her hand madam pomfrey the person who's been caring for her all this time hasn't discovered that she's clutching something in her hand like it's a tight fist it's pretty surprising that harry is the one to actually find that piece of paper and that madam pomfrey didn't just like throw it away thinking mm-hmm. it's just something that hermione had in her hand also it's really shocking that hermione granger would tear a page out of a library book <laughs> so i attribute the whole finding of the piece of paper to harry's boredom on some level he might be concerned but he doesn't really want to you know cheer hermione up when she's petrified he has nothing to do and he's looking around he finds it whether it's madam pomfrey or ron they are looking at hermione as a person and they are talking to her they are caring for her like you said other than the very obvious time where the camera was in front of colin or the mirror they haven't really you know changed their uniforms or caring for them is just how do you care for a statue it's just that no it's nothing more than that but i do think that hermione displayed some incredible courage and intelligence just before she was petrified because everybody knows that harry is a parcel mouth now harry himself knows and he knows right from the beginning that he can talk to snakes and he can understand snakes but he did not associate that to the bodiless voice that he's been hearing all along the first time harry hears the voice after hermione knows that harry is a parcel mouth she figures it out immediately and she even feels bad for not figuring it out earlier she face palms herself and runs when harry is about to go to the quidditch match that's some really quick thinking and it's been so long since that happened and harry and ron still haven't figured it out and then she runs to the library when she knows clearly well the monster is out and is about to kill someone at least petrified right yet she puts herself in danger because she knows that if she doesn't crack it right now someone else is going to be petrified she runs to the library and finds the book that she probably read before the fact that she also defied a library book is significant because she pretty much knew that that she's going to be attacked and she wanted to pass on the information before something happens to her so she tests the information that is necessary and she also adds information to it she writes pipes in the piece of paper and she clutches it she doesn't keep it in her bag or she doesn't carry the book she carries only the paper imagine her giving the book to harry and ron they wouldn't have figured out the answer forever so she is made it like so easy to to pass on the information she's planning the moments after her petrification or death which is incredibly brave and she also tells the next person she meets to you know look around with a mirror which is also a lot of foresight and a lot of bravery so i'm very confused i don't know if she's more of a ravenclaw or more of a gryffindor right now well i think that she's more of a gryffindor because hermione could have waited until after the quidditch match to come back to to the castle and figure out the actual solution like she could have just gone to mcgonagall and told the initial conclusion that you know what maybe the monster is a snake and you know had them like evacuate the school or something like that and then gone and like read up and then been like oh it's a basilisk she could have put all of that stuff together instead she like realizes that that information is like ridiculously crucial at that particular moment so she does the brave thing which is run to the library yeah any ravenclaw would have done the wise thing <laughs> yeah she does the stupid brave thing <laughs> hermione has been like taking the back seat throughout this book but at this moment she's done enough for this book that she eclipses harry and ron yeah that's true so the information that hermione gives is that the monster in the chamber of secrets is a basilisk piece of paper proves to be like a mini wikipedia article because it gives answers for every question anybody has ever had while reading the book why are hagrid's roosters found dead why do spiders flee from the scene and when the question is not answered why the passage itself how many helpfully writes pipes there <laughs> so that you know like how is the basilisk getting around the yeah castle ron asks the right question how is a dirty big snake getting around the castle without anybody finding it I was also really curious about this right so I googled it and it turns out Pottermore says that the pipes are magical it like resizes itself 
So that's how like a dirty big snake has been making its way around the castle. I can buy that, but what I can't buy is the snake should have left the plumbing at some point to get to the library or to get to the corridor. I agree. In the case of Hermione and the Ravenclaw girls attack, I think it was a deliberately planned attack, which is why, you know, the snake correctly came to the library. All the others sounds like pure happenstance. The snake just happened to be in the corridor when Justin Finch Fletchley was there. The snake just happened to be taking the stairs. First of all, why is the snake taking the stairs? Really? <laughs> yeah, I think it can take the stairs. Yeah, but like, it's probably the length of a staircase anyway. Yeah, I guess maybe it was just like tired like <laughs> we and it just goes down the stairs or something. <laughs> yeah, so I think that part is a little messed up because um even let's say there's a wash basin <laughs> in the library Hermione until the last moment did not plan on going to the library yeah she was going to go to the quidditch match yeah. and first i thought maybe it's like you said al- almost all the attacks are you know happenstance but later on we get the information that Hermione's attack was pre-planned they wanted to attack Hermione so it'll drive Harry to look for the answers more so yeah this part is a little messy but like i said because of the mood that this book has created right from the beginning and because we see the consequences of this attack i'm not able to question it too much like i'm not able to have that as a block i can still enjoy it i agree it's not like these questions like really keep me up at night wondering <laughs> how did the snake get around the castle in time for all the attacks like what if it got delayed because you know a pipe was blocked or something yeah i did think that putting the entrance in the bathroom is like really clever yeah First off it's in the girls bathroom and I don't think a lot of people would have been like maybe the entrance to the chamber of secrets is in the girls bathroom. <laughs> so yeah. it's a kind of like a clever cunning thing to do. I think it would have really helped cut down the number of people who can stumble upon it. Yes. Yeah. Like hiding in plain sight. Yes. I can see it. A lot of teachers who searched for the chamber of secrets would have been looking for something that you know has a placard yeah or like it's like very obviously slytherin right like maybe a statue of slytherin or like some slytherin tapestries going on or stuff like that yeah. but as we discover when harry and ron and something more magical yeah something a little bit more magical than a wash basin with a tiny engraving of a snake on it yeah right so it's very very clever to have done that but i do think that ron and harry coming to the conclusion that the entrance was in morning myrtle's bathroom was kind of genius yeah because it's a given thing a lot of we see a lot of ghost stories in which the ghosts that died in a place continue to haunt the place forever they don't go out of the place and haunt other houses <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense that morning myrtle just never left the bathroom where she died in that's true so harry and ron have all this information and for the first time ever they decide to do the right thing the correct thing that anybody should do right now they decide to go to a teacher except they are awarded with some really really bad news especially for ron once they go there they go to the staff room and they are waiting for mcgonagall to come back from her class when the bell never rings and they hear mcgonagall's magnified voice instructing students to go back to their dormitories immediately and calling all the teachers to the staff room so they immediately hide and overhear whatever she is saying which is that a student has been taken into the chamber of secrets she starts off by saying it has happened like they have been expecting it all along i think that's because of the previous incident with the chamber of secrets this is probably their worst nightmare that instead of students being petrified that someone would die and especially without dumbledore around they think that it's the end of hogwarts and all the teachers are like really shocked and someone asks her who the student is and that's when mcgonagall reveals that it's ginny weasley and the reaction following that where ron like quietly slides down his hiding place is so heartbreaking how crushed must he be but he cannot make any noise he cannot cry he cannot express in panic in any way because he's hidden that quiet despair is really moving and it's something that i always remember when i read about any kind of a bad news like when you said uh, you remember these two chapters when you read the book i actually clearly remember this particular line harry felt ron slide silently down onto the wardrobe floor beside it's him it's the culmination of all the fears our favorite character hermione was attacked but we know that she will come back but then in the next few chapters 
another favorite character jinni weasley is actually killed or that's what they think it's something that's always in my mind when everybody is like trying to process the fact that a student's actually been killed and not a muggle born student but a pure blood student this time which is when you know things are going to get really real that's when lockhart comes in and all the teachers literally like turn on him in that one moment just the man he said the very man a girl who's been snatched by the monster lockhart taken into the chamber of secrets itself your moment has come at last in any other situation this moment would have been perfect because this is what it's been leading up to he's been constantly annoying all the teachers and when they finally confront him it must have felt very good for them and for us usually this scene happens when someone's you know about to fight they are about to fight the good fight and they finally confront this one pesky person who's been annoying them but at this point all the teachers have given up mcgonagall especially thinks that jenny is already died because she's been taken into the chamber so in this mood of no hope this scene with lockhart doesn't land doesn't feel as good as it should that's true especially considering the history that the teachers have with lockhart right based on the timeline mcgonagall and sprout actually taught lockhart in school snape probably went to school with him maybe not in the same year but they were at hogwarts at the same time flitwick was actually the head of his house which means they have known for years that lockhart is basically full of gas and then they had to put up with him as a colleague yeah. i can only imagine how frustrating it must have been for them yeah i do wish that this had happened you know at some point later but i get it after everybody leaves harry and ron somehow wind up in the gryffindor common room again the mood is like really really grim none of the weasleys are talking to each other percy shot himself up in his dorm and harry thinks that it was the worst day of his entire life which says a lot because he's had a very bad life especially considering he lived with the dursleys that's true percy also sends an owl to mr and mrs weasley i hope that at least at this point the teachers communicated with them and not okay. just percy yeah can you imagine writing that letter yeah not yeah. just from the teachers point of view but from also like percy's point of view and receiving that owl god yeah i don't think they would have had any hope after that even though at this point harry could have really given up hope he convinces ron that they should go to lockhart and give him all the information that they have so that can help him in his search for ginny and the chamber which is very unlike harry and ron because all this book they pin like suspicious of lockhart's magical skills like they they're certain that he's basically a fraud and then they go to his office and confirm that he is a fraud and i'm also surprised that harry and ron uh did not go to the chamber themselves like they have the most information that any person could have and harry is also a parcel mouth i don't think any other teacher would measure up to him in that way because if anybody can control the monster it, it is only harry and the arrow slytherin so i am really surprised that they didn't go try to save jinny by themselves or maybe harry and ron thought for once that they have all this information but lockhart also has all of this experience or so he said mm. of like fighting so many different kinds of things right like werewolves and trolls and vampires and even though he is a very annoying person he's probably got enough magical skill that it surpasses his personality i still find it hard to believe that because after the pixie incident ron was convinced that he is a fraud but anyway that is their last hope and they go to lockhart's office and find that he's running away yeah which is very characteristic of him actually yes surprise and, yeah. lockhart's a fraud that takes credit for other people's work so clearly the only thing lockhart is good at is the memory charm he takes his time to you know pack in front of them and reveal all his secrets mm-hmm. he tells them that obviously i couldn't have possibly done all these things and the people who actually did it were too ugly to be on the covers of the books <laughs> it is my face that sold them all it also feels like a lie that everybody bought you know everybody knew that he is not the person 
who really did it i think people were like mildly suspicious but maybe thought he embellished a little bit like yes maybe he did like kill the local werewolf but maybe a lot of other people also contributed he just mm. blew up his role in it instead he completely takes credit for the whole mm. thing he probably wasn't even there but i also wonder about like the people in that particular village with the werewolf like i'm sure everybody else remembers that rockhart didn't kill the werewolf but that somebody else did so you must have used the memory charm on not just the person who did it but also people around them can you imagine the scale of memory charms that yeah. he's been throwing around clearly he's really good at it mm. he has a confidence to tell them all this information before he decides to use the charm mm-hmm. and in spite of the grim situation there was this one particular exchange that i found was really funny mm-hmm. You mean you're running away? said Harry disbelievingly. After all that stuff you did in your books. Books can be misleading, said Lockhart delicately. You wrote them. Yeah, and then when when he is about to pull out his wand, Harry and Ron are really smart. They pull out their own wands and uh, Harry uses the Expelliarmus charm for the first time, I think. Yeah, and the best part is it's a charm that he learned technically from lockhart yeah. the dueling club so yeah lockhart is defeated by his own spell true student yeah <laughs> <laughs> at this point harry and ron could have taken lockhart and gone to like mcgonagall and said look he's actually fleeing the scene but guess what we actually have information like where the chamber is located what's inside the chamber and could have been really useful instead what harry does is he marches lockhart to the bathroom so that they can go to the chamber of secrets together So clearly Harry's done trusting adults. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, and they get to the bathroom and Morning Myrtle is there. She's pretty excited to see them. She is so flattered when Harry asks her how she died because it's like a question that nobody asks her apparently. Mm. But honestly, if I were at Hogwarts and I am around ghosts, it's like the first thing I would ask even though I know that it would make them uncomfortable and I would just blurt it out when I see them because that's running in my mind <laughs> more than I would ask the question on purpose but still but I also think that Hogwarts is old enough that there's probably a book with like the history of all the ghosts like if you wanted you could just go be like oh that ghost half a hand on the third floor died because he was a pirate and he stole see it's not about the curiosity it's just when you have to make small talk with like the next person or the ghost next to you <laughs> you just blurt out something no, i mean like, in that way no it's like if you met someone who got married would you be like oh how did you get married you yeah. wouldn't no like if being married is the thing for them ghost you're clearly dead i can't <laughs> see past that No matter what characteristic you have, you're still a ghost. If someone got a cool haircut, you're like, hey, you got a cool haircut. Where did you get it? Or clearly no awkward small talkers are there in Hogwarts. Anyway, Morning Myrtle like pretty much blurts out the whole story. It confirms their theory that the chamber's entrance is probably in that bathroom. It also sort of endorses our theory that sometimes the snake just petrifies slash kills happenstance mm-hmm. because I'm fairly certain in that particular situation, Morning model says she hears a boy's voice and she opens the door and she just remembers seeing a great pair of bulbous eyes. So I think that must have been like some pure coincidence. Like probably the snake came out of the pipe and it was like looking around, door opened and like wow, somebody's there. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Based on what Morning model says, mm-hmm. it clearly looks like her life was miserable yeah. and she lived also. and she was teased a lot it kind of explains why she was so excited when hermione turned into a cat because the thing that she is so delighted about is that a lot of people would tease her mm-hmm. which i don't think she learned any lesson from her own death but clearly she is happy that someone else would go through the same things that she did yeah then harry talks to the wash basin and opens the chamber of secrets opens one of the entrances to the chamber of secrets or the first entrance i don't know what to call it because this doesn't lead them directly to the chamber they have to like walk the long walk and then finally come to a place where the chamber actually is there that's true it makes it feel like maybe it is one of the entrances yeah maybe there are other entrances to the chamber of secrets maybe the pipes was one of the methods yeah cuz it seems like a very undignified way for anyone to go to the chamber of secrets like slide down a slimy pipe ron hints 
at the possible location of the chamber of secrets he looks at the slimy walls and guesses that it's maybe under the lake which is probably why the chamber has never been discovered before they specifically talk about how lots of wizards and witches have searched the castle mm. but how many have searched the area surrounding the castle mm. yeah makes sense but is there any other entrance through the lake Maybe. having multiple entrances just makes sense yeah yeah so they make lockhart jump in even mm-hmm. though he promises them that he would be completely useless in any kind of a situation but i think they just like hate him so much right now that they just want to take him along when they are 90% sure that they will also be dying yeah maybe they were just like human shield they are ready to like close their eyes as soon as they see some kind of a movement at, and they stumble upon a huge snake skin it's 20 feet long and just like seeing it i would have peed my pants <laughs> i'm sorry for the cross language <laughs> and that's when lockhart tries to overpower the two of them except he seizes the wrong wand yeah he takes ron's wand tries to put a memory charm on them except it backfires and brings the ceiling down thus separating Ron and Harry and they realize that if they try to blast the debris whole thing will probably cave in and everybody would die hmm. so Harry has to go alone just like in book 1 actually Harry is the one who ends up facing the monster at the end of book 1 similarly he's alone at the end of book 2 can you imagine how Ron must have felt he came there with Harry to find out what happened to his sister but instead he separated from Harry by a wall of rock when he stuck with Lockhart who's clearly not okay yeah and for all he firing. knows Harry's walking to his death yeah it must have felt horrible i mean at least Harry had something to do all he really had to do was shift rock and hope that Harry would come back with Ginny yeah or Harry would come back at all and that i don't know Harry's death won't be on his conscience yeah Harry goes walks towards the chamber and he comes across a door that has all these you know snake signs so it's clearly the entrance to the chamber of secrets wait at this seems like a great moment to bring up the chamber of secrets itself we spent a lot of time talking about the chamber of secrets back in episode 4 when professor bins first narrates the legend of the chamber of secrets I actually discovered that J.K. Rowling's written an essay about the Chamber of Secrets where she's detailed Slytherin's motivations for building the chamber that he probably built the chamber so that he could have a safe space to teach students spells that the other founders disapproved of but as he grew farther and farther away from all the other founders he decided to use it for other nefarious purposes yeah from the description of the chamber itself we can see that Slytherin was very taken with his own self because there's a huge statue of himself in there and it's decorated with snakes and he was associated with snakes because well he could talk to them so he had huge delusions of power which is why when he was pushed out he decided to take revenge on all the other founders there by hatching a chicken chicken egg under a, a toad to make sure that the basilisk could wreak havoc but he only told a few people about it and only passed on the secret of how to like control the basilisk to his heir i never doubted his intentions for one second i honestly did not realize that she had very clearly outlined like mm. slytherin's every motivation behind leaving the chamber. chamber i think the door in the movie was way too fancy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the movie does an amazing job in showcasing the chamber actually that statue the door brilliant although i think right now that the name chamber of secrets is a misnomer because there is only one secret <laughs> very true <laughs> so we go to the next chapter the heir of slytherin and harry comes in and once again he is surprised to find someone at the end of his adventure he is so slow on the uptake my <laughs> god when harry trusts he trusts completely i think i don't think so so Tom Riddle was just a memory. We spoke about it. Harry identifies a lot with Tom Riddle. Yeah. It is unexplained, mm. but I don't think he trusts him more than he can do nothing to affect Harry. Because he's a memory. Fair yeah. enough. 
Yeah. But it turns out that Tom Riddle has very nefarious purposes for being in the chamber. <laughs> yeah, like as soon as Harry sees Ginny, he drops his wand for some reason. He completely like lets down his guard to find out if Ginny is, you know, safe. Honestly, he's a 12-year-old boy who can barely perform any magic. I don't think the wand is really going to help him in any situation. Do you think the wand can help him with the snake? What kind of spell does Harry know that can protect him against the basilisk? Expelliarmus. And he does. What will come <laughs> from the snake? The snake doesn't have a wand. How do you disarm a snake? Yeah. Wonder. It is pretty useless. I actually cannot blame Harry for dropping the wand. It would have been as useful as it was when Harry faced the troll. <laughs> If he can stick it up the snake's nose, yes. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> Then Tom Riddle gets talking. He's like, "Oh, I've always wanted to meet you. Like this is so- some sort of a celebrity encounter." It does kind of sound like that. Yeah. And he's just like casually standing there monologuing. To yeah, monologuing and twirling Harry's wand and he's like, "Ginny cannot be brought back to life." And I wondered like clearly Tom Riddle is a villain and villains usually spend a lot of time you know monologuing in the end it's a trope right yeah but at this point i can really empathize with him because he has struggled a lot to get there it's like a master plan that's been in the work for one year and it had so many variables that it might not have happened at all yet harry is here just like he planned i would be so proud if i were in that situation i would definitely want someone to hear about it it doesn't matter if it's the same someone who i you know plan to kill i totally get why he is like spending so much time talking about it also it's like a clear play for time because the longer he keeps harry occupied with his monologue the more power he'll get, get. out of ginny so basically ginny is lying there and harry is not able to figure out if she's alive or dead it's very clear that as time passes tom riddle's hazy outline becomes more defined and he's clearly getting some sort of life back yeah so tom riddle says that his secret diary was with ginny all along and ginny was the person who threw the diary away and ginny was the person who ransacked harry's dorm room and took the diary back it's because ginny fancies harry clearly and even tom riddle at this situation cannot stop himself from smoking about it <laughs> You think that's why she took the diary back? I thought she took the diary back so that Harry would never find out that Ginny is the reason that the Chamber of Secrets was opened and that all those people were petrified. I think that is part of it. Mm. But also because she doesn't know that yet. She's just, you know, guessing. But part of the reason could be that she's written so much about Harry. He's she's written so much about Harry that a stranger through the diary actually could make out Harry's life. It could make out, you know, um Harry is like this he is loyal he f- has met Voldemort twice and both times he has actually won against Voldemort she's written so much and she spilled her heart out yeah for all she knows the diary could have told Harry or shown Harry everything she'd ever written Riddle also reveals that when he was a student at Hogwarts he was able to frame Hagrid and everybody believed it except Dumbledore it is at this point that he says that Hermione was a targeted attack. From everything Ginny had told me about you, I knew you would go to any lengths to solve the mystery, particularly if one of your best friends was attacked. The Hermione thing was spot on. Yeah, I think after Hermione was attacked, he really really wanted to get to the bottom of it. Once Hermione had been petrified, why he didn't just kill her if he wanted Harry's attention that badly? The next thing he could have possibly done is like taken Hermione to the Chamber of Secrets yeah to lead her there mm. but i think Ginny would have been easier obviously harry would not let ron do this alone right i've been reading a lot of you know romance novels recently mm-hmm. like incidentally the whole thing up to this point the way tom riddle behaves the way he is like you know described he's obsessed with harry and he is like studying harry's face the whole time everything they described here feels like how a hero in a romance novel would have been described unlike a dumb heroine harry does the right thing i don't know there's a thin line between love and hate a lot of behavior that we attribute as love is only attributed so because of good intentions with bad intentions it would be like hate 
the I way think, you think about a person obsessively the way you're like you're always plotting to like run into them or like you know you're planning what you're going to tell them like, <laughs> that is true but you know it is really creepy when you see it this way the trope of having the heroes as obsessive controlling people should really go Die. away yeah. yeah we unintentionally get a good lesson out of it so if any a tip to young girls out there if you are at the receiving end of an obsessive unexplained attention react exactly the way harry reacts anger was coursing through him and it was an effort to keep his voice steady harry realizes that this person is this dangerous but he doesn't really know what is going on and he's like why are you so obsessed with me and why are you so obsessed with what i did with voldemort and that's when and that's when tom riddle reveals his true identity Like the reveal is pretty cool because he uses Harry's wand to draw the letters Tom Marlowe Riddle in midair, and then the letters like arrange themselves to say "I am Lord Voldemort." Yeah. Now, Harry Potter has been translated to a bunch of languages all over the world, and obviously, this particular moment has been very difficult for translators because they have to make sure that. I am Lord Voldemort is spelled out correctly in the language which means that the name has to be an anagram has to be an anagram so from what i understand thanks wikipedia translators had one of two choices which is where they stick very close to the english name that uh, rowling gave riddle which is tom marvolo riddle which is why you have the serbian tom marvolo demus riddle but then you also have another option which is where you know you you focus on making sure i am lord voldemort is there correctly this is why you have the french name which is tom elvis jedusor <laughs> jedusor i actually thought elvis is the funniest middle name ever but now i think jedusor is the funniest last name ever you hope it still can you imagine in, in some alternate universe tom riddle's middle name is elvis <laughs> yeah, Marvolo has a nice dark ring to it, and Elvis just doesn't. I'm yes. sorry. Yes, <laughs> when you're reading the book and you're like, "Oh my God, it's like some serious villainous monologue just got over. I wonder what's gonna happen next." And he's like, "My middle name is Elvis." <laughs> <laughs> and I think the whole scene was botched completely in the movie. Mm-hmm. The casting of Tom Riddle was all wrong. Mm-hmm. This person may pass off as a handsome guy, but he's not laid back. He's not He, charming. When I watched him be Tom Riddle, I honestly couldn't see what was so charming about him that he basically got a huge bunch of people who went to school with him to follow him and basically try to take over the world. Yeah, but honestly, he looks more constipated <laughs> than charming. When he writes his name in midair, he looks like a teacher. He doesn't have the casual air that Tom Riddle in the book has, and I feel really cheated. <laughs> Well, I think he's handsome. Just like putting it out there. But the really interesting part is at the end of the monologue, Tom is expecting a lot of things from Harry. But what he doesn't expect is for Harry to like zero in on his weak spot and pick at his ego. <laughs> Because he says so many things in the monologue that are like worthy of being commented on, but Harry picks the part about Dumbledore. Not the greatest sorcerer in the world. said Harry breathing fast sorry to disappoint you and all that but the greatest wizard in the world is Albus Dumbledore everyone says so even when you were strong you didn't dare try and take over at Hogwarts actually Harry's really clever because when i read the book it took a while for me to work out that this is not exactly the real voldemort this is only a memory voldemort before he was voldemort this yeah. is voldemort with delusions of power yeah everything that tom riddle learns about the future voldemort he learned from ginny so harry immediately zeroes in on that like you said and he says that even in the present you are afraid of dumbledore wherever you are hiding so that was really you know quick thinking and but i realized and this comes up later in the series also i understand but it's just when i was reading this that i realized that there is so much that voldemort and harry have in common the half blood thing everything else is actually caused by voldemort the orphan part the raised my muggles part caused by voldemort whatever they have in common is actually not something they have in common because 
Voldemort did it to Harry. Yeah. Yeah, and Voldemort thinks that he looks similar to Harry somehow. He actually does. They're both like dark-haired. I wondered why both of them are revealing so much information to each other. Now that Harry knows that that is Voldemort. You don't want to reveal too much and you know give the other person because more it's the climax of the book. Yeah. People have to monologue in climaxes. Harry especially he does. He wants to figure out a way to get out of it and he has to delay it and Voldemort also has some incentive in delaying. But maybe Harry is also delaying because the last time he delayed in the philosopher's stone help did actually come yeah so harry is like okay maybe if i delay long enough the snake is not here so let me just like you know try to hold the fort until help gets through yeah and thankfully help does come key difference between the climax of the previous book and this book is that in the previous book hermione actually goes to get help but in this book no one except harry and ron and lockhart know where they are yeah but thankfully help does come when harry expresses his loyalty towards dumbledore dumbledore's pet bird fox comes in and yeah. it drops the sorting hat on harry this is kind of like an anti climatic moment because when dumbledore said you will find that i will only truly have left this school when none here are loyal to me you will also find that help will always be given at hogwarts to those who ask for it i don't think anybody expected a phoenix and the sorting hat <laughs> to be the help Yeah and immediately Voldemort rejoices immediately he's like okay so wait this is what Dumbledore has given you and this is what Slytherin has given me yeah i know let's match those powers and see who wins yeah and harry is immediately like oh my god what do i do panic running harry does a lot less running in the book than he does in the movie the sequence is stretched out for maximum drama in a really good way i'm not saying this in a bad way at all i actually really do like the climax of the chamber of secrets although i'm disappointed by the snake in the movie it kind of is dwarfed by the chamber yeah the chamber is so ginormous that if they had actually done it to scale like they had made a monster so huge and made the chamber look small harry would have been squished they might have deliberately made the snake a little bit smaller to like account for the pipes thing how can you say that the monster travels through the pipes if it can't follow harry into a pipe tunnel a lot of horrible and dangerous things have happened to harry but this is most definitely the most horrifying thing that could happen he has no weapons and he's running around the chamber with eyes closed and he's the only one battling a huge snake that can kill with its tear when you think about it it makes me want to stop breathing they <laughs> think of yourself in that position no yeah i really can't Also I really appreciate your word choice in the summary where you said uh, the battle of a little boy versus a giant snake with a murderous stare like we hear the phrase murderous stare used a lot except this time it's actually true yeah. it has a murderous stare yeah and basilisk is not like a harry potter thing so there's a whole wikipedia page with a lot of references to different sightings of basilisk around the world mm-hmm. and all of them have this character trait they sometimes are a snake sometimes they are chicken egg hatched under a toad like mentioned here or sometimes they are toad eggs hatched under a cockerel so wait wait what do you mean there sometimes a snake and sometimes a chicken egg hatched under a toad oh, no, no, even chicken mean, egg hatched under a toad equal to snake so the basilisk doesn't has wings and looks more like a hippogriff mm-hmm. than a snake in some cases but the only thing that's common bis- between all these basilisks is that it has a murderous stare For example in one of the accounts mm-hmm. it actually is a very small snake it's just like 12 inches long mm-hmm. and it's so venomous that it can kill the plants and it can kill the bacteria in the soil that it's slithering on and all that but yeah everything has a murderous stare and basilisk the word itself comes from a greek word that means little king okay that's really cute for some reason i don't know why yeah i mean if you call the snake little king instead of basilisk I feel like half the danger has gone out of it. <laughs> I think that's because it has some sort of a thing on top of its head. Some say it looks like a diadem, some say it looks like, you know, a crown. Mhm. Honestly, it looks like a little hat from over here. <laughs> And in any case, most of these versions of basilisk can be killed by the odor of a weasel. Make Weasley. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if this is like some sort of a 
weird connection where Ginny Weasley is involved because her last name is similar to a weasel. I guess. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. So, this giant snake is now chasing, Harry, chasing around Harry around the chamber. But Harry is actually not alone. He has Fox who proves to be very immensely useful because Fox pecks the basilisk's eyes and effectively renders it. Takes away one of its huge power. And as soon as the eyes are punctured, Harry is able to open his eyes and like look at the snake. As soon as Harry asks for help, somehow the snake pushes the sorting hat towards him and from it he is able to pull out a sword. And Harry uses the sword very effectively. Yeah. to kill the monster yeah. that's been alive for like hundreds of years in a matter of minutes yeah what a waste <laughs> what a waste of life like all those years no one really understood the monster you know no one really saw the monster are you empathizing with it right now <laughs> yeah but it's been underground and it's been eating rats it's been eating whatever is available in the sewers and before it could even like reveal itself to a lot of people and scare a lot more people no it's dead you know what even the last person that it killed right morning mortal it didn't even get to eat that person yes what a going kind of feeling bad for the snake yes, what, a, what a sad life it it had a very sad life i feel very bad about it <laughs> uh but the chamber wasn't open just once as you know you might think if you've read the books because the only time that people talk about uh when the chamber was opened was 50 years ago when hagrid was caught but according to jk rowling's essay the chamber has been opened more than once between the time slytherin left the school and when tom riddle actually opened it more than once more than once hmm so i guess uh, i wonder what happened all those times why does no one ever bring it up did no one die maybe but at least the basilisk could have gotten some exercise i guess <laughs> hundreds of years Yeah, it probably got its exercise in a more dignified manner also. It probably didn't have to climb out of a bathroom and then <laughs> slither around. Before it was inside a bathroom, maybe the entrance was in a hillside. It could take in some sunshine. The hills are alive. Yeah, kill a few bacteria <laughs> and a, and plants. <laughs> yeah. You, you know the basilisk could have been very effective in keeping morning mortal's bathroom clean if it really kills bacteria. Clearly, this is the legacy that Slytherin left behind. and Harry destroys it but as he destroys it one of the fangs of the basilisk pierces through his arm and the poison slowly spreads through his body and he thinks that he's dying and even as tom riddle you know taunts him he's like so ends the famous harry potter said riddle's distant voice alone in the chamber of secrets forsaken by his friends defeated at last by the dark lord he so unwisely challenged you'll be back with your dear mudblood mother soon harry she bought you 12 years of borrowed time but lord voldemort got you in the end as you knew he must even as he thinks he's dying he's not because the phoenix Fox is crying over his wound. Wound. Phoenix tears have healing properties. It starts to close up, and he's starting to feel better. I and can't believe Tom Riddle didn't remember this. Yeah, he's a he's supposed to be a very very clever student, and no, he but doesn't remember that Phoenix's tears have healing powers. Phoenixes literally have three things going for them: they die and then are reborn from the ashes. they can carry immensely heavy loads and their tears have healing powers three so, things yeah we know this because harry met dumbledore and dumbledore said these three things about the phoenix honestly as soon as the chamber of secrets opened dumbledore would have guessed okay harry is going to go to the chamber at some yeah. point <laughs> what could be useful for him in this castle yeah. hmm fox <laughs> as soon as tom riddle realizes what's happening he tries to shoot away a lot of funny things have happened in the book but a powerful dark wizard shooing a bird is the best thing that has happened so far <laughs> i guess yeah then riddle is like okay this is how it should have been one on one and all that but before he can go deep into another monologue frox drops uh, riddle's diary on harry instinctively harry stabs it with the fang of basilisk and the diary dies ink is pouring out of it and even as the diary dies you can see the tom riddle is you know writhing in pain and he's also disappearing with it yeah this is the last point in my 
soon to be popular listicle on BuzzFeed about how the real hero of Chamber of Secrets is Fox. <laughs> because Fox is the one that heals the basilisk, heals the wound when Harry gets injured. It gives Harry the diary <laughs> so that they can leave the chamber. It's like, it carries I, them out of the chamber. Yeah, yeah, it carries them out. out of the chamber. I think it's like Dumbledore left specific instructions about it or something. I mean, I don't know how it's possible, mm-hmm. but yeah. So the diary is a very interesting thing, right? Voldemort as young Tom Riddle figured out how to open the Chamber of Secrets and he did not know how to pass on this information to, you know, the next person who could open it. And he stored all his uh, memory in this magical object, which is very different. He used a person who's not not an heir of Slytherin in any sense of the word to open it, even without him. And that's a very powerful thing. I think we'll get to know more about the diary in the next chapter. We'll discuss it further then. So after that, as the memory of Tom Riddle fades away, Ginny comes back to life. And she's feeling like really bad because she completes the monologue that Tom Riddle started. <laughs> she says to Harry how she started talking to this diary and the diary started manipulating her and how would she ever explain this to her parents. It's like a very typical teenage thing to do because that's your immediate worry what will my parents say not that she got through such a huge ordeal and she's alive and harry brings her back to ron who worked diligently to create a passageway in the wall full of rocks i just realized that when we were talking earlier about when how ron, scared ron must have been he's also clearing a way for the snake to come out at him <laughs> Okay, oh. never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, imagine if he like cleared some rubble and he heard some noise and he was like, oh, it might be Harry. No, it was the basilisk. <laughs> what a sad end. Oh my God. But there is one thing that I think is a very key point that may or may not be true, but I read it that way. Harry asks Ron if he thought about a way to, you know, get back. And Ron says no. It's a very deep thing because Ron kind of on some level got that if <laughs> Harry and Ginny died there, Ron is also going to die there. Wow, I didn't think about it like that. It's wow. very sad. Yeah. Like, once he cleared the uh, rubbles and everything away, he would have gone after, he would have gone inside the chamber, obviously. And probably died too. Yeah. Once they come out, they realize that Lockhart's mind is like completely gone. His memory charm really backfired and he doesn't even remember that he's a wizard. As you said, the phoenix helps them out and uh, they all like hold on to it while it takes them back. Two morning models bathroom. And and Lockhart is like, oh my god, this is so awesome. This is just like magic. <laughs> I feel like I saw an image somewhere of the scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Or I don't know if the writing is so good that the image is just vivid in my mind. But I would really like, you know, an artwork. Like the phoenix and all three of them hanging from that. That happens in the movie. But the thing I am seeing is more like cartoonish. Oh. They come out and Morning Model is not very happy to see them <laughs> because they have come out alive. Yeah, she especially wanted Harry to, you know, come back as a ghost <laughs> to live with her. Yeah, she's a teenage girl and Harry is apparently a very cute 12-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, Fox again like takes control. Is like, okay, if I leave you teenagers standing around here, you might just go back to your dorm and pretend everything is okay. So it leads them down the corridors to McGonagall's office. That's where we leave off because that's the end of chapter 17, the era of Slytherin. I think these two chapters are really interesting in many ways because a lot of guesses that the characters had and a lot of questions that they had is answered in this one. I especially like the fact that Ron unintentionally guessed that Tom Riddle was the cause of Morning Model's death. I know, right? Fred and George also say this. He's nipping off to the chamber to have tea with his fanged servant. It's like... They... Uh, it's a snake! Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> and I had this really huge suspicion on Hagrid, even otherwise, because he clearly studied with Voldemort and he did not even like mention it to anybody. But now I understand that Tom Riddle used the name Voldemort with like a very few of his friends and Hagrid may not even have realized that he studied with him. Yeah, 
We're going to call the episode Things Work Out For Ron. Yeah. That'll also be the end of season two wow. of Mimble Mimble because that is the very last chapter. You can follow us on Twitter at Mimble Mimble Pod. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us individually. Mm-hmm. I am at underscore Empress and uh, Aishwarya is at Valley Under Chim. <laughs> you can also visit our website mimblewimble.in and you can discuss your theories with us. and leave comments on our episodes so until the next time sniff spell him <laughs>